Welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood, here on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Rune Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe where joy can conquer titans. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Rune Terra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of it as an audiobook of League stories and lore by yours truly. I'm at least reading it. I haven't written any of this, in fact. This week's story, and yes, another fan request, is Nyla, The Joy Unbound. And now for my terrible impression. This one was tricky. It was a bit of an accent I had to teach myself, but we'll try it. Bliss in life and bliss forever after. Nyla is an ascetic warrior from a distant land, seeking the world's deadliest, most titanic opponents so that she might challenge and destroy them. Having won her power through an encounter with the long-imprisoned Demon of Joy, she has no emotions other than unceasing jubilation a small price to pay for the vast strength she now possesses. Channeling the demon's liquid form into a blade of unparalleled might, she stands defiant against ancient threats long forgotten. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Stories of Runeterra. Like I said, I actually had to learn a new accent. Um, I kind of actually like linguistics and hearing all the different ways to do that. And I'm guessing Nyla's inspiration is a either uh, Persian or I'm going to say this with ignorance. So, Grace, please. Western Indian accent, like from India. So I wouldn't be Hindi. Or I think is what it is. Anyway, so it's fun to listen to it and try and pick out the things that make it unique. So, th thanks for all of you guys that are patient with me as I try and do goofy accents and teach myself how to be a better voice actor. Which is, you know, just, it's just a fun thing you do, you know? Anyway, thanks for listening and let's jump in. A confident and joyful woman who always wears an eerie smile... Nyla's sudden arrival in Bilgewater has sent the city into an uproar. Her duels with rampaging sea serpents defy the limits of human ability, racing across the surface of the open ocean with a whip blade formed of glittering prismatic water. She scales the great beasts before dramatically slaying them, pausing only to thank her worthy enemies for their efforts. Any threat taller then a house is guaranteed to draw her into combat, and the deadlier and physically larger that threat is, the more determined she becomes to challenge and destroy it. Her strength and origins are shrouded in mystery, yet the truth, known only to Nyla, is that she once had a different name and lived a very different life. 
The precocious child of a large Kathkani family, the girl who would become Nyla, was not a warrior at all. Rather, she was a lanky bookworm with an interest in myths and legends. Kathkan had known relative peace since its neighbor Kamavor's collapse almost a thousand years prior, and had no further need for great warriors or storied heroes, or at least that's what Nyla believed. Wishing the Age of Heroes had never ended, she collected and obsessed over colorful tales of old, epics of great beasts and shining warriors who clashed beneath the eyes of the gods back when the world was young and humanity's enemies were a thousandfold. She read of the mad King Viego and his tragic fall, the genesis of the first dragons, and the foundation of the universe in the Cathkin tradition. Nyla memorized each in turn, knowing in her heart that their color and magic were more than simple fiction. One story in particular was her favorite. The Cycle of Ashlesh. It spoke of the fantastical Lord of Joy, Ashlesh, a many-limbed beast who menaced the world along with its nine ferocious siblings. Hungering for primal joy, Ashlish attempted to consume the realm of the gods, but the gods struck the monster down, trapping it deep below the earth in an endless, shimmering lake within the seventh layer of the underworld. There it would be guarded by a mythical order of heroes. An order of heroes that... After unraveling the story as many riddles, Nyla realized was beneath her very feet in the heart of the Kathkani capital. Overcome with excitement, she struck out to find this hidden order, to learn its secrets and perhaps even stand among the heroes as an equal. And then she was gone. All knowledge of the girl she was, her face, her voice, her true name, was erased from living memory. Records curled and evaporated. Writing vanished from walls and texts, and words failed on the tongues of her friends and family. It was as though Nyla was never born at all. The woman who resurfaced ten years later was a stranger to her homeland, unbound from the world she knew, yet possessed of a strange smile and an unending, ceaseless joy. Whatever happened to her during her long absence, she would not say. Perhaps she met the mythical order after all, and they trained her in the arts of magic and war. Perhaps she stood face to face with the primordial demon Ashlesh, battling it in the apocryphal darkness for a decade before finally emerging triumphant. Perhaps this wasn't the girl at all, but a pretender wearing her flesh. Or maybe the truth was somewhere in between. Whoever or whatever she was, she began calling herself Nyla, the name of the legendary river of fate. And then her work began. Possessed of wiry acrobatic strength and wielding a liquid blade of incalculable might, she embarked on a conquest of the greatest threats of ancient myth, Grandmother Viper, the invincible progenitor of all the Camavoran dragons. Imago, demon of change and scourge of the Carnalian Valley. The mad demigod Nabavelikus, perpetrator of the countless atrocities. 
Each new foe rises against Nyla in challenge, and each is snuffed out in a ferocious battle of color and fury dazzling all witnesses. Nyla's own legend grows with every victory, and with it an epic tale has begun to take shape, following her journey through strange lands near and far, and at her side is the power of Ashless itself which Nyla wields against other evils that might one day threaten the safety of Kathkun. In her heart is the memory of what she has lost, and the knowledge of what is to come, driving her to face greater and greater opponents wherever they may be found. Whatever happened to that lanky girl who was buried in Burks, Nyla now faces her future with unbridled bliss. Her mere presence inspires others to fight alongside her, while her deeds ensure that people remember the hero she has become, even if they cannot remember the woman she once was. Facing the mythological villains of Runeterra with unerring glee, she will challenge the end itself if it means she can protect those who cannot protect themselves. Today's story is entitled An Intimate Evening at Oyster Bills by Jared Rosen. You will know joy. You will be a hero. And you will pass into legend as all great heroes do. The only price I ask for such treasures is you. A quote from the cycle of Ashlesh, chapter 10, verse 7. Bilgewater isn't particularly known for its cuisine, which makes Oyster Bill's Oyster Bar an interesting conundrum. Located in one of the city's poor pockets, the establishment gained an impressive reputation over the years with the entire venture held aloft by quote-unquote local celebrity and proprietor Oyster Bill. Along with the Oysterman's love of seafood and exaggerated stories, he also enjoys renting an extra room above the restaurant to various drifters and vagabonds, one such person being his most recent guest, an ascetic warrior with few belongings and an unceasing ear-to-ear -ear smile, who just kicked Malcolm Graves horizontally through the dining room wall. <coughs> I didn't even do anything, Graves moans, shifting his toothpick to the other side of his mouth. You want one of the other ones. Cinna, maybe. Arango. Your lack of foresight now threatens millions of innocents, Malcolm Graves, replies a cheery-sounding voice in an unfamiliar accent. I have questions about the little present you left on my shores, Viego of Camavor. The voice's owner moves purposefully through the cloud of dust and debris, her liquid whip blade suspended in a glittering arc around her. Each step illuminates the dingy restaurant as brilliant indigos and golds cast strange dancing shadows over everything. Messy black hair frames a thin face and violet eyes, all underlined by an oddly exuberant expression. 
while at her side rests a glowing sphere held by two hands cast from a foreign metal. This is Nyla, and Graves has been trying to avoid her for weeks. It hasn't gone well. Nyla arrived in Bilgewater seemingly overnight, and her presence immediately raised eyebrows across the city. From her odd habit of reciting various textual passages throughout the day, always while making complicated gestures with her palms, to her strange seven-hand motif armor, forged from a pearlescent metal no one recognized, or her insistence that she be hailed from Kathcan, even though the last full-blooded Kathcani hadn't stepped foot on Valorant soil in over 700 years. Then she started killing sea serpents, 40, 50, 60 fathoms long. When any ship was threatened, Nyla rushed down to the docks and soared across the surface of the sea with a wide, calm smile or wiry frame launching itself towards the writhing necks of her foes. And as word spread about her, she began to ask the port's grateful sailors if they knew anything about a so-called order of sentinels. And that was when Graves started running. Now that Nyla found him, she doesn't seem very happy. Or rather, she isn't acting happy. She seems disconcertingly cheerful with her pleasant grin that never breaks and her demeanor and voice that stay locked in some unnatural positivity at all hours of every day. It's this peculiarity that makes most people unable to read her intentions besides her pathological need to fight very big things, and that makes conversations with the woman hard to navigate. I don't know nothing about Viego, Graves lies, sifting through the rubble for his gun. I believe it was you who sealed him Alavedra, am I correct? Nyla smiles cheerfully, taking another two steps forward. Her legs move in curious, artful patterns like a coiled snake about to strike. Don't lie. You are man-sized. Killing you would be very easy for me. Not that easy. Graves snorts, new destiny finally in his hand. Savoring the moment to turn the tables, he fires three rounds directly into Nihilus' torso. Uh, or, at least he thinks he does. The bullets seem to move around her. Or maybe she moves around them? It's like firing his gun into deep water, a thought Graves finds inexplicably unsettling. Nyla's wide smile twitches at the sides of her mouth. Unbeknownst to Graves, she is unable to feel anger or any emotion beyond a radiant joyfulness, but she knows she would want to right now, were it possible. She whips the gun out of his hands and knocks it to the far side of the restaurant before bisecting a metal table next to his head with a brutal second strike of her whip blade. For a brief moment, Graves swears he sees phantasmal blue hands in the air around Nyla. Eh, you, but maybe this is his imagination. He's been getting hit in the head a lot lately. Ah, an interesting armament, Nyla muses. I imagine it works well against lesser opponents. So what does that make you? Seethes Graves. But Nyla doesn't answer. Instead, she sheathes her weapon within the sphere, offering a brief recitation under her breath that Graves can't quite make out. Ah, my apologies. Based on your fighting style, you're not the sentinel I'm looking for. 
Sweet Tommy Kinch, ain't you supposed to be some kind of hero? Graves yells, sitting up among the wood fragments and twisted metal. I'm a hero too, when viewed in a certain light, so lay off, will ya? Graves exhales. Damn. Ooh, nice magic, though. I gotta respect it. Nyla offers another recitation, her hands shifting as she mouths the words beneath her breath, smiling ominously in the dark. Ha! Ah, thank you, Malcolm Graves. I gave much to wield it. I'd prefer if you'd call me Graves. I wouldn't, replies Nyla. There is great power in a true name, Malcolm Graves. Remember that. <sighs> if you say so. Graves looks behind Nyla. You folks in the back hear that? Or should we speak up? Right on cue, a voice rings out from the street. We're here for the Serpent Slayer. Nyla turns to face a half dozen mercenaries peeking through the hole she'd ripped in the wall. Her eyes drift past the men to a massive pale... something, shifting on the planks behind them, and her heart skips a beat. She's often followed by disgruntled killers, but she hasn't seen one of these before. I am she, Nyla replies, her attention fixed on the creature. What do you want? Exactly. You're losing our bosses a lot of money. Think you can just flood the market with your serpent catch? We own those docks and those ships, and as of now, we own you. What is that creature? Nyla asks Graves, ignoring the mercenaries. Oh, there's a deep eater, mutters Graves. They chow down on anchored graves that sink to the seafloor. Gives them a taste for people. Mean and real dumb, so these idiots drag them up and sick them on marks they don't like. Nyla's eyes flash with excitement. Oh, how big do they get? I don't know, 10, 15 oars? That one looks pretty big. Interesting, she whispers. An enemy of worth. Hey, shouts a mercenary. When I'm talking, you listen or you die. Understand what I'm saying? Ah, yes, I believe I do, replies Nyla, dipping her hand into the sphere at her side. I am Nyla of the seventh layer. May our battles sing across history. Nyla whips out her blade, its glimmering water forming two sharpened prongs that dance through the air with ghostly radiance. Whatever the mercenaries were expecting, it wasn't this, and they mutter nervously as the weapon shifts and expands. They don't know it, but none of them will leave this encounter alive. The seventh layer is not simply a title, but a mythical order steeled to face opponents of unimaginable power and scale. Self-trained killers are merely pebbles on the road to true challenge, and tonight, this so-called Deep Eater is the only foe of worth, a massive isopod with a sickly flesh-colored plate and mean-looking maw of bloody teeth. From the depths of Nyla's being, a hungry joy begins to swell. 
What happens next is a blur. Nyla bounds across the room with frightening speed, cutting through her unassuming opponents while wearing the same cheerful, unmoving smile. Each strike of her blade connects with the force of a towering ocean wave, yet the dancing water is sharp and polished as stone. Nyla glides between blows, beautiful and deadly, as her enemies are blasted apart. In seconds, all that's left is the Deep Eater. Considering that the words ten oars had suggested a beast of much larger proportions, this one isn't too bad. About the size of a covered wagon. Not the most exciting opponent Nyla's ever faced, but here in Bilgewater, it was something that would get people talking. They'd remember this victory, and that was all that mattered. Nyla leaps onto its back, her formless blade flickering in the night air. Beast of the deep, may you find joy, she sings as she slices the monster clean in half. So, what exactly are you looking for the Sentinels for? Asked Graves, consigned to either having this conversation or being cut into little pieces. We disbanded mostly. And I pawned all my stuff, so you're not getting those magic rocks or whatever. Viego of Comavor will free himself someday, Nyla replies, her smile now kind, friendly even. The magic binding him is Hellion, and it is weakening over time. My people are in imaginable danger. Hey, we beat him once, replies Graves. He's strong, but... We can probably do it again. He is not the true threat, Malcolm Graves, says Nyla. His ruinations write new magic into the world. An act that drives demon kind berserk. Enough to stir their primeval forebears. Ten lords long forgotten, she continues, tapping the sphere on her side, who must never be allowed to wake. Huh, demons, you say? Says Graves. You're not a demon, are you? <laughs> no, Nyla laughs. Not entirely. The ascetic performs another hand gesture, reciting something under her breath. As she speaks, Graves gazes at her sphere of prismatic liquid, which seems to draw him in. An unconscious smile curls at the edge of his lips as high-pitched, whispering laughter rings in his ears. It seems like the metal hands are almost offering it up to him. <laughs> Don't look too closely, Nyla warns, and Graves snaps back to attention. The beast is always hungry. Nyla claps her hands on her hips. Ah, but the hour's late, and I fear you have no further answers for me. I will retire to my room, she says matter-of-factly, walking past a confused Graves as she circles the damaged dining room and climbs the restaurant stairwell. If you encounter any monstrosities of note, come find me so I can slay them. If you encounter Oyster Bill, tell him that I apologize for tonight's damage. It is good to meet a fellow hero, Malcolm Graves. The door closes upstairs, and the woman is gone. Graves flicks his broken toothpick to the ground, bitten through in all the excitement. He reaches for a replacement, but finds none, so instead gazes quietly out into the street where six dead bodies and two halves of a giant marine louse are scattered. Ugh, 
The Sentinels ruined my life, he says to no one in particular. Neat lady, though. Wow. This episode had a lot. I had to go look up how to do Vedic singing. I had to pull out my Southern for Graves. I had, or I guess my, not really my Southern, but my old school cell. Anyway, this one had a lot of fun stuff. Trying to figure out where everyone was, to learn an accent, get to sing a little bit. Great pick. Love the story. I love the idea of a demon of joy and a mythological collector of tales. And there's a lot, lot here that... Uh, hits my vibes that I really enjoy. So thanks for the suggestion, y'all. Um, if you have a champion you want me to read, I am back on schedule. So by all means, hit me up on the social medias or respond to uh, this wherever you can or email me at storiesofrunterrapodcast at gmail.com. All of these are viable ways of getting hold of me. And I would love to read your champ. Uh, otherwise, I'll just pick the next one we're going to do. So I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>